0: You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our, on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now, here is today's message. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Waterhouse Church. So glad that you're here this morning. God bless you all. Do you have a good Thanksgiving? You all look very healthy today. (laughs) Yes. Bring the pies. Oh, it's so good. It's so good to be with you guys this morning and so glad that you showed up. Um, I know it's, it's a holiday weekend still, and you had a choice to be somewhere else, but you chose to be here, so thank you for being here this morning. God bless you. Let's open up in prayer, and then we'll get into the day's celebration. Because today is Celebration Sunday. We get to celebrate a few things today. We get to celebrate some baptisms. All right? Uh, we get to celebrate uh, what we did last week. We took an offering up, and today we're going to present that check to these three organizations. So we get to do that as well. You guys did phenomenal. We'll, we'll share that with you. And then also, we're, kind, we're ending Acts today. Oh, Okay. But we're not really even in Acts. I'm just kind of putting a footnote in it and ending Acts today. So it's going to be a big celebration today. And, uh, and just so it's going to be good. And we're going to end up this. And then next week we kick into Christmas time. Who's excited about Christmas? Woo-hoo! Some of you already have the Christmas attire. I see that. That's good. I'm praying for you. No, I'm just kidding. It's good. We, we, we kicked up, you know, we have these traditions of just watching these Christmas movies. And, you know, it's not Christmas time until you watch Elf. And so we watched Elf last night, and so it was good. And so I digress. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for what you've done through us and continue to do through us. God, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, let us just be faithful to you. God, that's all you want from us is just simple faithfulness. And God, I thank you for the ability to be faithful. God, I pray that today you would... Uh, Use me for your message, God, that you would open the ears to hear and the hearts to receive. Open my mouth, Lord, to speak your words today, God. Calm our hearts. Father, there's so many people hurting. God, calm our hearts today. We thank you, Father, for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So how would you define faithfulness? How would you define faithfulness? What does that look like? You know, faithfulness... Um, it looks a whole lot like standing by yourself in the middle of a road holding a sign up saying Jesus loves you. Faithfulness looks like the person that goes to work every day knowing that they don't like the job because the job is hard, the people are hard, the pay is really bad, but they show up faithful because they know that they're there for a reason, that God put them there for a reason. Faithfulness looks like everyday exchanges between the people of God and people in the world. It's giving people a drink, it's giving people something to eat. Faithfulness is simply an exchange that happens between you and someone else. Faithfulness is showing up and doing what nobody else would do. And faithfulness is the true call of the believer. Jesus, he's telling this parable, and, and in this parable, He's telling us that to be faithful is the most important thing. That's what separates believers from unbelievers, those that believe truly what Christ has done and those who do not. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to open up this parable this morning and we're going to dive into it and find out what God is talking about when he says for us to be faithful. And today's message title is thank you for being faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness. So if you have it, say, you got it. If you don't, say, hold up. You got it. Okay. So Matthew 25, verse 31. Here we go. So, but when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered up And, and, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will be, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from goats. When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. And then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty and you did not give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will say, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help those, (coughs) the least of these brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me and they will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous will go into eternal life. It's a harsh parable that Jesus is saying there. He's saying, look, the master is coming back. I'm going to come back, and there's going to be a separation. There's going to be a dividing between the people of God and the people who are not of God. There's lots of parables that Jesus talks about like this. He uses the wheat and the tares. He uses the sheep and the goats. He talks about these people that seem to be believers, but they're not quite truly believers. They're people that come in, and they act like believers, but they're not really believers. There will be a dividing point. There is, this is a truth. Jesus is coming back. The master will have us give an account for what we've used and what we've done. And then his name and in his grace that he's given to us. There will be a dividing, the goats and the sheep. Goats and sheep are pretty similar. I mean, they kind of look alike, really, a little bit, but not really. I mean, those of you who've raised goats, you know goats are dirty, nasty animals, right? But the little ones are cute. Those who have had sheep know that sheep are different. They're louder. There's a little different, but they're, they're kind of the same, but they're different. And in and, and, and those days, they would flock them all together. They'd flock the goats and the sheep together, and then they would divide them when it was time for harvest and time to shear. And he's using that analogy to say this is what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. Everybody's together, and he's going to divide them out. And so it's, the people on the right are going to be the righteous ones, the ones that are truly followers, and the other ones are going to be the ones that are not followers, maybe the fakes. And so who are you? Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Well, how do we know? How do we know if we're one or the other? Because there's definitely a difference The sheep are contributors, the goats are consumers, the sheep are followers, the goats are fakers, there's faithful ones and there's faithless ones. One just comes and consumes, the other comes to give something back. And so how do we know? How do we know? Think about this, it's faithfulness. That's how we know. Jesus gives this parable and he talks to these people and he says, they're going to say this, Lord, when do we see you this way? Lord, when did we help you? When did we give you a drink? When did we give you something to eat? We're just doing what we were created to do. We're just loving people. Our motives were just to, to help people when we saw the need. We saw a need and we met the need. God, we just did exactly what we were meant to do. We were being who we were created to be. And see, that's the difference. Believers act like believers. If you're a Christian and you've understood the grace that God has given to you, you understand that, When we simply go out and be who we've been called to be, we do exactly what we're supposed to do. We feed the hungry. We give water to those who are thirsty. We clothe the naked. We're hospitable to people. We're just being who we're created to be. Sheep are naturally sheep. Goats are naturally goats. And so how do we move into this? How do we keep doing this? And how do we make sure that we're really being what God has asked us to be? It's simply just being who we've been created to be. It's simply these everyday exchanges, everyday faithfulness. That's what God asked for his people. And notice that, that Jesus doesn't commend them for the great huge things that they did. He didn't use this parable and say, you guys on the right, you gave millions of dollars to missions. You guys on the right, you didn't miss one church service. You guys on the right, men over here are these sheep. You did everything right and you did everything perfect Notice he didn't acclimate them for the big, big, huge things that they did, but he basically said, you did the simple things well. You gave them a drink. You fed them. You clothed them. You did the easy things. You did the things that you saw were important. Jesus just said, thank you for the small things that you did. For I was hungry, in verse 11, or verse 34 and 5. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger And you invited me into a home, and I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And often, guys, we think we have to do huge things for God, but the kingdom of God is built on the small, everyday act of faithfulness. See, in that, Jesus says, thank you. When you care for people, you care for him. Notice Jesus identifies himself directly with these people. He says, I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was naked, and you clothed me. Jesus identifies with the down and out, the low, the ones that are hungry, the ones that are thirsty, the ones that are homeless. Jesus even identifies with the convict. He says, I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Jesus identifies with the ones that we normally would count out. But Jesus says, you did for those, and so you did for me. You care for the people that I care for. You love the people that I love. And he says, thank you. Thank you you for your faithfulness. And when we do that, when we we fulfill that thing that God has called us to do, and we're faithful to the people that God has put in front of us, we fulfill the great commandment. And what's the great commandment? Jesus simply says this, love one another as I have loved you. That's John 13, verse 34 through 35. Jesus sits around his disciples, and he talks to his disciples, and he's saying, guys, you know all the commandments, but I'm giving you a new one. Actually, it's one you've known for a long time. I'm going to define it for you. He goes, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And here's the key. Here's the hinge that holds this thing together. Just as. So how do we love each other? Jesus says like this. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How did Jesus love? What did Jesus do? Jesus simply did what Jesus saw was in front of him. He did what the Father said to do. He said what the Father said to say. Jesus was simply being what he was created to be. How did he love you? He served you. Jesus served Jesus went and served those people that were low and down and out. He healed the sick. He visited those people that were in bed. He freed people from demonic oppression and possession. Jesus spoke life wherever he went. Jesus even fed the hungry. Jesus simply went out and did good. That's what God had called him to do. And he lived it out. And we as his believers are called to live that out. To be faithful in every little thing that God brings our way. It doesn't have to be huge things. Like I said, it can be small, ordinary little things in your day that God wants you to be faithful with. And so how do we live this out? Like Jesus asked us to live it out. He says, go and love one another as I have loved you. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we give back to God what he's given so, much grace, so graciously to us? Because God has given us so much, has he not? And so how do I live out this faith that God has put in my heart? How, how do I express my joy and my thankfulness for what God has done in my life? It's simply this. It's reflecting that love and that joy and everything that he's done in me onto the person next to me. Onto your spouse, onto your kids, onto your workmates, onto your neighbors, even your family member that drives you crazy, right? God is, how do we give back? We just simply pour it back onto the people around us. That's all God's asked us to do. It just comes naturally because God has done so much in us. And so for true believers, ones that have really found freedom and found the hope that Jesus has done in their life, they can't help but pour this back out on the people around them. It just oozes out of them because that's what God has done in their life. And for believers to walk around and not ooze, (laughs) grace and love and mercy, there's something capping that. God has asked us to simply be who he's created us to be, nothing more, nothing less, to simply go and do good works and love and pour out our love on other people. That's why we as a church naturally do the things that we do together. Because as a whole, we can can accomplish a whole lot more than we can individually. Guys, when we leave here on Sunday morning, and we go out into the, in the world, and we go eat dinner and lunch, man, I pray that when you go out there, you reflect the kingdom of God, that you love on your staff, that you tip them very well, that you even pray with them, that when they see you sitting at a table, maybe people you brought in from church, maybe the person next to you, go invite them to lunch today. When you sit next to them, that you would pray for each other, and that you would be a reflection of God's love into that restaurant or wherever you go. It's simply being who you are. It's nothing special. It doesn't take huge things to be effective for the kingdom. We just simply do what God has created us to do and be who God's created us to be and love the way that God made us to love. It's simply that. That's all God's asked us to do. And that's why when we pull our resources together and we do all the things that we do, we make a huge difference. That's why we... Pack bags for Bill Wright Elementary School every every week. We send it out. We we feed the hungry. Jesus said, "You fed me when I was hungry." We feed the hungry. We give them a drink. That's why we love to serve at Center of Hope. We feed the hungry. We help clothe the naked. We do the things together collectively. We're more effective than we could do it individually. That's why we. Give to Grace House and donate to Grace House because together, collectively, we can do more than we could individually. It takes a church, it takes a people, it takes the people of God, it takes the whole flock <laughs> to make a difference. That's why we support Faith Hope Family because it, collectively we can do more than we can individually because these people, these places, and these organizations have taken up this mantle that Jesus said, be the hungry clothe the naked, take care of the sick. That's why we come in here and gather as a church. That's why when we come in on Sunday, it's more than just singing a song. It's more than hearing a pastor up here preach for 30 minutes and you go home. It's about getting together collectively, being faithful to the call, singing about God's grace, coming together and praying for one another and learning Come on, this altar ministry that we do every Sunday morning, we try to do every Sunday morning, that's probably the most vital ministry that we have on a Sunday. And, 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 you know, you need to take advantage of that. These people, they come in early. They pray for what's going to happen ahead of time. They're ready for whatever God God brings their way. And so at the end of this service, we're going to do some altar time, and I'm going to challenge you, let them do what God's created them to do and help you because, you know, there's a lot of people that are hurting right now and sick and a lot of people that just need hope. Let us help you in that. We are so thankful for what all God has done. That's why it's so vital. And Jesus says, when we do for the least of these, we do as it is, we're doing it unto Christ. See this parable that Jesus is telling all of us? He's saying this. It all boils down to one thing. Your faith, your belief, your heart for God, everything boils down to this one thing, faithfulness. That's it. Faithfulness. Are you faithful? What does faithfulness look like to you? It could be going to that job that you really can't stand and being a light there. It could be walking to the neighbors and giving them some cookies this Christmas and just telling them you love them. And you pray for them. I don't know what it is. It could be Simply raising your family in the way that God sees fit. That's faithfulness. Trust me. A lot of people don't do that anymore. Faithfulness is sticking with your spouse and working it through even though you want to give up. Faithfulness takes a lot of forms. It's hard, but faithfulness is always in the small things. Faithfulness always boils down to the small things. Faithfulness to him, faithfulness to his people. That's all that God asks to love is to be faithful to love people that's just being faithful and i think the biggest deception we believe about ourselves is that we are insignificant that nothing we do matters that nothing we have is going to make a difference that god isn't giving me anything that i'm nobody to god but that's the biggest deception that we believe because it's in this thought that our lives lack meaning because we're not famous or we're not well known and we don't have a million TikTok followers, right? We don't think that we matter because the world doesn't see, act like we matter. But I'm telling you, to the person that cuts my hair, to the person that pours my drink in the morning at the coffee shop, every one of those people make a difference in my life. Every one of those people are being faithful to what God has called them to do, and they have a huge impact. See, it's our seemingly small lives that are more important than we think and we give God glory for and credit for. Simple faithfulness is waking up every day and doing what God's called you to do. The small things as well as the big things. We should never underestimate what God can do with a simple fact and a simple act of faithfulness. Never. Simple acts of faithfulness change the world. Simple acts of faithfulness change families and change our generation. It was a simple act of faithfulness that changed my life. My wife kept showing up to church, being faithful. She kept praying for me, being faithful. She kept putting up with me, being faithful when I was not. She was faithful when I needed somebody to be faithful for me. And because of that, I'm here today. Simple acts of faithfulness, nothing huge, just simply being obedient to what God has called you to do. I love what Leonard Ravenhill said, a great pastor and preacher. He said this, There are no great or small people in the kingdom of God, There's no greater small people in the kingdom of God. Only faithful and unfaithful. That's it. Are you faithful or are you unfaithful? That's all God's asking. That's that's what this parable is saying. Jesus is saying, hey, there's people that are faithful and there's people that are unfaithful. And that's the difference. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And we think about as we studied the book of Acts together, we saw the church begin to blossom and grow and become all that God had created to be. People are getting saved and healed and set free and filled with spirit and moving out in power. And then it moves to this, this person named Paul, who, then, who was, was named Saul, then became Paul. And, and then he moves out, and we see his life, and we see what he does, and we see what God does through him and the other apostles. And as you move to the book of Acts, you see this thing beginning to shape up and grow and expand and become great and powerful this movement of Christ followers. And it was built on simple faithfulness. Paul was simply faithful wherever he went. When we left Paul at the island of Malta (laughs) a few weeks ago, he was just simply being faithful even on that island, even though he was in chains, even though he was bound up, even though that he was still under arrest and was going to be in trial in Rome, he was still faithful even on that island, and he healed those people, and he gave them the gospel. And then in the last chapter of Acts, it pans to, to Paul parking himself in Rome, under guard, waiting for the trial. And even while he was under guard and under house arrest, he was still faithful. Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He writes to these churches and says, what happened to me was for good. He goes, because now I get to spread the gospel to these guardsmen. Everybody knows why I'm here in Rome, because I'm spreading this hope of Jesus Christ. I get to even talk to the king's guards You don't think I'm having an impact. You don't think I'm being faithful where God is. Be faithful where God puts you and see what God does, guys. That's all you got to do. Paul was faithful until the very end. Will you be faithful to the very end? Even when it gets hard, will you be what God asked you to be? And it led Paul to write this in 1 Corinthians in church. I think we need to focus in on this today because Paul speaks such good wisdom here because we don't know the impact that we have on this earth, because small things don't seem like they accomplish a whole lot. But Jesus talked about a mustard seed once, and we know what that does. And He says this in First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing—I want you to grab onto this—you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Come on, I'm telling you, there's so many times we do things for God and we're like, man, that didn't matter. That I don't even know why we did that. I don't even know why I did that. I prayed for that person. I talked to that person about Jesus and they just told me to know, right? Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Everything has merit in the kingdom. It's just being faithful. And I'm telling you, not one second of your time is useless. And I think so often we think our time doesn't matter to people. But when you give time to people, and you love them and you serve them and you tell them about Jesus and you just love them to Jesus, it makes a difference. I got to go to a men's conference um, a few months ago, and he was doing a men's training. And there was the guy that was up there was a national leader for the, uh, it, for the Assemblies of God's ministry, and he was talking about all that God has done in him, and he was just sharing it to us. And he's, Then he got to the altar time, and he's like, hey, if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. This young man stands up in the back. He goes, you, you don't remember me. You probably don't remember me. But I think it was eight years ago, you met me in this coffee shop in Connecticut. And he's like, I don't remember. He goes, he goes man, I was in really bad shape. My brother had just passed away. I was in alcohol. I, I was, my marriage was falling apart. Everything was bad. But in that coffee shop, you spoke life of me, and you prayed over me, and you prophesied over me. And you showed me Jesus. And he goes, and now today, eight years later, he goes, now today, I'm a pastor here in Texas. And, and we were like, this is incredible, man. Like, this is, and they got up and they hugged and it was just beautiful, man. There was tears everywhere. I'm like, this is what happens, God. You don't know what God can do through you. Yes. The simple acts of obedience, simple times of faithfulness. That's all God asked us to do. You be faithful, and like so many toys that you're putting together or so many things we buy today, it says results may vary, right? <laughs> results may vary, but we know God's faithful. We know that God can do a whole lot more than we can do. He just asks us to be faithful. I'm telling you not one drop of sweat used for your talents is useless. Christian got off stage. He goes, man, this is, this, is, this is sweat of Jubilee. <laughs> it's hot up here. What's well, not now it feels good. I'm telling you, not one drop of sweat that you use for God is, is useless. Everything you use for God is important. He's not here today, but I, there's a guy in our church. He'll probably be here at the 11. He came up to me one day and he goes, hey, I, I noticed your website. And I said, yeah. And he goes, it's pretty bad. I'm like, yeah. And uh, he's really good at SEOs. I didn't even know what SEO meant. And he said, hey, I noticed that, man, when people search churches in Weatherford, you're not even coming up. I'm like, okay, because I can fix that. Like, give give me your password. Give me all the things for the church. I'm like, okay. And so I give him that stuff, and he stays on top of it. And he goes, now we're top three all the time. You know, and it's just simply using the thing that God has created, you know, simply using an ability or talent that you have for God and leveraging. And I don't know how many people that come in through these doors say, man, I, I found you on Facebook. I found you on Google. I, f- I love the Google. But Google's the best, like, inviter to church ever. <laughs> and it's because somebody used what God had given them, a talent and ability, and leveraged it for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, use what you have for God. Don't waste. I see so many people waste their talent. So many people waste the anointing of God on their life. Because they're afraid of it, and they're afraid it doesn't matter, and they don't think it matters. It matters. Not one penny of our treasure given away is ever useless. I mean, come on, I've been there. You see people on the side of the road, and you give them money. You are like, man, I don't know if they're going to do with that. It's not useless. You know what God does when I mean, you give it. To, even if they go buy booze or whatever or drugs. You know what God says? He says, "Thank you." Because it's not about that, it's about this. When you give, it's about this. This is what God's worried about. A wise pastor once told me, and it helps keep me centered so many times. He said, you know, as a pastor, Neil, you're going to want to save the world. But I'm telling you, God's more concerned about saving you than you saving the world. When he said that to me, I was like, ooh, that's, yeah, same response. (laughs) Everything that God does... There's always two people involved, it's you and the other person. And he's working on you just as much as he's working on the other person. When God uses you to speak life into somebody, not only is that person built up, but you are also built up. That's why God uses people. It's his way. I mean, he could do whatever he wants. He could pour, he can rain money down from heaven, he can rain manna down from heaven, he can feed people, he can clothe people, but he chooses to use his people to do it. Why? So that we can bring glory to him. And that we get to share in the joy of doing that. It's all in our giving. Nothing we do doesn't matter to God. It all matters. Everything you do. And so I want, to, I want you to know, Faith, Hope, family, what you do matters. What you do matters. Those kids, you're giving them a home that they feel love and they know they're family. They're not, they're not foster kids. They're not adopted kids. They're your kids. They're your family. Grace House, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for loving these people. Thank you for sharing with these people. Center of Hope, thank you. You're, you what you do matters. And sometimes I know, guys, in, your, in the places where you serve, you feel like it doesn't matter. You go through the daily motions. You're like, man, are we even doing anything that matters around here? Does this even make a difference? It makes a difference. You just don't see it all the time, but it makes a difference. And see, it's when everybody throws in their time. Everybody throws in their talent. Everybody throws in the treasure. That's when it makes a huge difference. You see, these people in the parable, they didn't know they're making a difference. They're just saying Jesus, well, we just did what we saw was in front of us. We just met the need. When we saw the need and Jesus is saying, you are faithful. You made an impact. Thank you. They were simply reflecting, reflecting the love and representing Christ in that situation and we all know that when Jesus walks in things change. Sheep naturally do what sheep do and produce. Sons and daughters of God naturally reflect their father. That's what we do. And when his people simply be who they were who they're called to be and they make a difference in the world. Here's something hard. I would rather have Jesus praise me for things I did for him without knowing it than have him reprimand me for things I didn't do, knowing I should have. I would rather be like these guys, the sheep, and go, Lord, when did I do this for you? Than have him go, you didn't do this for me, and I needed you to. That's what God wants us to do. And guys, I'm telling you, God can do more exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask, cope, or imagine. If you just step out in faith and do something for him, he's just calling you to do something simple. For some of you, last week we did the offering. You came up and you gave what you had. It could have been 75 cents. It could have been a few thousand dollars. Whatever you had, you gave, and you gave faithfully, and you gave it knowing that it's going to make a difference. And like I said, collectively, we can do way more than we can individually. It's called synergy. Synergy is what happens when the people of God get together and they do something together to make a difference in the world. And so today, guys, we get to celebrate what God did through us last week. We added up the tally. We counted up the money. We counted up the pennies. We double counted to make sure it all came in. And you guys knocked it out of the park. Man, you guys are awesome. And, you know, it's funny because last week was probably the worst Attended Sunday we've had in a very, very long time. (laughs) It was, you know, it was the holidays. But you guys gave abundantly, exceedingly more abundantly than we could ask, hope, or imagine. And today we get to present that to these three organizations that we promised that we would give this money to. Every penny that came in last week, from last Sunday to this Saturday, is going back into our community. And that's the Center of Hope, it's Grace House, and Faith Hope Family. And so if you guys can go and stand and come up, gonna thank you for what you've done, representatives for that. I'll come down here. We're not streaming the service, so it's good. Okay. Come on up, guys. Hey, how are you? Don't show them yet. Guys, I want to thank you guys, and we we love supporting you. And I know we've talked to you as like we've been wanting to support you all for a long time. And like what a best, what a good way to kick this off. And uh, for Center of Hope, we have we love serving there. Henry does a fantastic job with the food. Henry's over the when we go feed over there. We give to you monthly. We give to Grace House monthly, and we help Grace House as much as we can. These ministries are making a difference in our community. Our community is better because they're here. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that. And so, guys, together, we chipped in, we bought in. Are you ready to find out how much we did? Some of us? All right. It's going to be, it's crazy. All right. So we, everybody put together, this is getting split three ways, okay? They're not all getting this. This is getting split three ways. But we did $12,364.90. One week, asking God to do it. It's a miracle, guys. This offering is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for, give, for giving. It's fun to give. It's fun to give. Now, good luck getting this to the bank, you know. But it's, and you got to split it through. it. No, we're going to cut you each a check and get that to you. But I want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, church, for your faithfulness. It makes a difference. And so we want to pray for them and if the worship team can come up and we'll get ready for some altar time and then also uh, the, the, the baptisms that we get to do this morning. If, church, would you stand with me? We want to pray over these, over these people and over these organizations. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for Grace House. Lord, I thank you for what they do. I thank you for loving, for them loving Moms, loving dads, loving kids. God, these are the least of these. And Lord, I thank you that they so faithfully give every day, every week, every moment of their life to this cause. God, I thank you, Lord, that they're helping moms and dads choose life for their children. God, we know that when we save one life, God, we save generations. God, we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for their ministry. I thank you for the call. I thank you for them helping equip parents to be parents, to be not just parents, but godly parents. God, I thank you for Center of Hope. I thank you, God, that not only do they just feed people, they don't just clothe people, but God, they help people to get jobs. They help people to, to, to be active and faithful in their communities, God. They don't give people a hand a handout, God. They give them a hand up, and they help people to rise up and to be strong and firm and to have purpose, God, they give people purpose. Thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you bless them. Bless their ministry, God. Bless their hands. Bless their hearts, God. God, show them that that to be faithful to you is a simple act of obedience, God. And I thank you for their obedience through the times. God, I, I pray for Faith Hope family. God, I thank you for the blessings for every one of these kids that you brought into their family, God. God, I pray blessing. I pray protection. I pray, I pray, God, that they would not have an orphan spirit on them, God, but that they would know that they are sons and they are daughters. God, that they know that they are loved and they are cherished, that they have purpose and meaning. God, that they are special and they are godly men and women raising up to be what you've called them to be. Thank you for Toby and Holly and their family, God, for taking this mantle to say, yes, I will do it. Yes, God, I will be faithful no matter what it is. God, we're being faithful to you in the call. God, I pray every spiritual blessing on them. I pray that you would just pour out every resource they need, God, for these kids. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Thank you, God, for the ability. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. We love y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so for those that are getting baptized, you can go get ready, but I want to do this today. Thank the altar team to come up. I know we just had a time of celebration and a time of of just saying, wow, thank you, God. But, you know, there's a lot of people right now that are hurting. There's a lot of people that have lost loved ones, and as the holidays roll up, it can be hard. There's people that are sick. There's people that are about to give up on life. I pray that you don't. I pray that you say, God, I'm going to let you step in and do something that I can't, because God can heal it all. God can do it all. You just have to be willing to step out and let God handle it. And so I just want to open up the altars in this way. What's God telling you today? What's he saying to you today? Maybe a step of faithfulness today is just to come up and get prayer. Maybe a step of faithfulness today is to step up and let one of these two team members lead you to Christ today. We don't want to leave... Service without giving people the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And so, if today you want to say yes to Jesus, the real Jesus, the one that can save you, heal you, set you free, and give you new life and new purpose, come talk to one of these people to help lead you in that and start on that journey. Maybe you need healing today. Come talk to somebody. Come pray. Thank you, God. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you draw everyone up that needs prayer right now, God. As we get ready to baptize these people, God, I pray that you'd bring anybody up that needs prayer. God, you know who they are. God, we know that you work miracles and that you can do it. And we just trust in you in that, Father God. I pray right now, God, that you would be faithful in this moment as you always are. In Jesus' name, amen.